Good evening. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good and greatly to be praised. You believe that? Hallelujah. Will you pray for me because we got the marker board tonight? Hallelujah. People like the marker board. Amen. I may not mark on it, but it's here. Special cast in the marker board. Amen. There's so many different directions that the Lord, I could go with this. Um, I apologize to my students because they're just going to get another dose of what they get in, in school, uh, you know, and, and train. But I believe it will be helpful to you. You know, when I got uh, sick, you know, in 2016, I was at a low point in my life where I didn't know that I had a future. Um, you can get hit so hard sometimes that you don't think you've got tomorrow or that your ministry's over. And I really didn't even know if the church even wanted me to be around anymore. That's how much the devil can kick you around a little bit. And I remember uh, we were having a flea problem in our house because of our beautiful dog, Moxie, had a little bit of a uh, uh, flea. It's my dog, okay. Well, okay. All right. She was a beautiful pug, and I just love pugs. And uh, so I'm down on, on the floor, and uh, I'm uh, praying to God, you know, seeking him earnestly about it. I mean, I'm, I'm in earnest. And fleas are hopping on my face, man. <laughs> He's got to understand something about God. God loves to talk to you in those times. You know, when everything's right, when the, when the wallet's fat and when there's a good bank account and good savings, you know. Sometimes, you know, the innovation and the, the revelation is just not as, as strong. And it's in those times in which it just absolutely looks hopeless, like there's absolutely no tomorrow, that you're going to sh- shut down. You're going to turn the clothes sign off and turn the lights on forever. And then God speaks a word right in the midst of that. I mean, it was just in, 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 in a hopeless situation because, you know, they told me I had 14% of my heart capacity and that I could die at any time and that they were talking about all kinds of different things and and I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, what, what do I do here? Do I hand the church over? Do I give it away? What do I do? I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'll be able to, to do this, you know. And uh, he says, I have given you a mandate. He says, I've called you to train my people to reign. And that changed everything. It changed everything about my life. And uh, at the time, you know, I was immersed in Church Inc. I was immersed in, you know, all of the fads and things of that nature, although we never fully went into those. But I was, I bought in to that culture. And the Lord said, go back. This is some, for somebody here. Go back to your roots. Go back to what I initially first told you. Go back to the voices that spoke to you in the past and only follow those who model the new creation. Amen? You know, there's a lot of people who can talk about the Lord. They can say some nice things about the Lord and even talk about the Bible and break it down. 
but they don't operate in new creation life. And you know, I couldn't find a whole lot of ministers out there that operated in new creation life. I had to go back to Brother Hagin. I had to go back to E.W. Kenyon. I had to go back to John G. Lake. I had to go back to Smith Wigsworth. I had to go back to Lester Summerall. I had to go back to Derek Prince. I had to go back. But praise God. There is a generation rising up that's operating in new creation life. Amen. And one of the mandates is, is one of the things that I earnestly prayed. And I know if you've been with me for a while, you've heard this over and over again. You're rolling your eyes in the back of your head. I'm going to tell you again. I prayed this prayer continuously. I said, Lord, I want to know the spirit realm. I want to know it so well that when I pass the veil of this life, I will recognize everything and I will not be surprised. Now, initially, you know, when we pray that as a charismatic Christian, we believe, well, maybe I'll, he'll give me discerning of spirits and I'll see in the spirit realm. Not true. The first place he took me to was right here. Because this is the lens to see into the realm of the spirit. This is the glasses by which we can see. Not all of us are going to have discerning of spirits. Those are as the spirit wills. But we can see in the realm of the Spirit by being a student of the Word of God. We can understand and know things that others cannot perceive nor understand because we are a spirit creation made alive in the image of Jesus Christ, able to discern, know, and understand what is going on in the unseen realm. And that is my focus and has been my focus now for seven years. And it's transformed my life. But one of the things that he wanted me to do as a mandate, he said, I want you to teach on the world system. I want you to get my people acclimated to how the world system operates because the Bible says they are in the world but not of the world. And we like to talk about not being of the world, but we got to understand we're in it. And when you're on a battleground, you need to know where you're at. You need to know what's going on around you. There needs to be a level of cognition about where you're at. You need to be awake and alert and know your surroundings. But yet many believers don't know their surroundings. They don't know how the world system works. And if you don't know how the world system works, you cannot stand against it nor resist it. And the devil can deceive you into getting back into old realms of thinking to where you can have a ticket to heaven but have hell on earth. And so he began to talk to me about secrets Because we're really in a knowledge war. Did you know that? We're in a wisdom war. Because there's the wisdom of God, which is represented by the tree of life, and there's the wisdom of the wicked one, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And both those trees are still growing, and both of those trees are still producing fruit. We've got to understand that as believers, just simply because we're attached to the tree of life, which represents Jesus Christ and his life, we can still pick fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We can still operate in the realm of, that is not supposed to be a part of the new creation. We can begin to get back into old religious ideas. Majority of the church focuses on God and interacts with God based on an Old Testament ideology. And we begin to look for people to be intercessors or go-betweens between us and God. 
But the reality is no one has more right standing with God than you do. No one can pray better for you than you can pray for you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Christ is fully formed in you by the Spirit of God. It is releasing that and working out our salvation if with fear and trembling that allows the power of God and His kingdom to begin to manifest out of our lives. And it's important for us to get a hold of these things. We've got to know how the world system works because there's people falling for the same trick. Every single time. And nothing exposes it more than COVID. Nothing exposes it more than COVID. I mean, we really saw where the church was at. Amen? There's people that rose up, and there's people that didn't rise up. Amen? Okay, so I want to look. I'm abandoning my notes. You've heard that before. So in the six hours that we have tonight, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at this in Mark chapter 4. This is something where we need to take serious in our lives. You know, the master, when he speaks, he, he says everything we need. And we need to take it. And we need to say, you know what? Jesus said this, and it, it, he is the truth. Amen. Now, if you're going to navigate this world, guys, you need to understand this. If this is the truth, everything else is a lie. Now, it's varying degrees of shades of lie, but everything else is a lie. Everything. The philosophy that you learned in college and everything like that, it's all based on lies. This is the truth. Amen? And so we've got to live that way, and most people don't live that way. Most people don't see the Bible as the ultimate truth. But I'm here to tell you in these last days, you're going to have to get a hold of that. The Bible must be the truth for you. Jesus said in the 17th chapter of John, he says, Thy word is truth. He went on and said in the 14th chapter, he said, I am the way. I am the truth, which is actually I am the reality. So we need to understand that Jesus is the reality. What is the reality of? He's the reality of the new creation. See, Colossians says he's the beginning. Now, we understand that he was in the beginning because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But he's not talking about that in Colossians. He's talking about the beginning of a new creation species. The resurrected Jesus Christ, a man anointed by the Spirit of God, fully God, fully man, went and paid our price and was resurrected and made alive and righteous in the belly of hell and raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the reason why that's the most dynamic act of God, the most dynamic, powerful execution of his majesty and his glory is because when he created the heavens, it says he created with his fingers. When he created the heavens and the earth, he created with his fingers. But praise God, when he raised Jesus from the dead, he used his righteous right hand and lifted him up because he was lifting you and I with him. And so now we're a part of a new creation nation. But however, the new creation nation can find ourselves in Babylon. We can find ourselves in Egypt. 
We can go back and want the leeks and the onions of the world system and not be taking full advantage of what Jesus Christ has done in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And it's only the pristine preaching of the clear, concise, completed work of Christ that will elevate the church to the maturity that we are called to be. And that has not been happening. You know it to be true. That has not been happening. Because when we preach the true victory, the complete victory, the utter stripping away of Satan and all of his minions, the destruction of the world system as it was, if we don't preach and declare that, people will continue to be enslaved in their minds to a system that is already destroyed. Amen? When you think about the system, I just think about the, you know, when the Death Star blew up, you know. You see it up there. You see it in Return of the Jedi where it's being completed and it's, you know, that's what I think the system is. It's been blown up. Jesus blew it up. Jesus blew it up. But yet people still are under its influence and we've got to be able to see it. Is that all right? So, okay, let's look at verse number 10, Mark chapter 4. And when he was alone... Those around him with the 12 ask him about the parable. He's talking about the parable of the sower, which is the most basic parable. It's the, it's the skeleton key. It's the presa partout, so to speak, if you want to get uh, that's uh, Spanish. No, no, I'm just kidding. That, <laughs> it's French, you know. It just means that the, the key that opens and unlocks everything is the sower sows the word. That's the, that's the thing. Amen. And, and he said to them, to you, everybody say to me, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now, Jesus is not withholding information from people. He's doing this as a mercy. Because if they were accountable for what he said, it changes everything. So he had to veil it in a way that people could somehow see that something was going on, but yet they couldn't perceive it clearly to be able to make a decision about it. Because once they make a decision about it, it's life-altering. Amen? And so here he says to you, though, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. He goes on and says in another uh, gospel, he says, it's for you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to know secrets. But yet how many are pursuing that in their life? Understanding that Jesus came to give us life hacks. Understand that Jesus came to give us something that causes us to rise above the gravitational pull of this world system so that we can begin to achieve and do things we never thought possible. Amen? Amen? So let's look over at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. 
Hallelujah. Pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jerry. I know you're praying for me. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1. I love this verse, verse 15. Talking about Jesus, it says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Everybody say heaven Heaven. and on earth. Okay? Visible and invisible. So that means this. Jesus has created everything that we can physically see, but he's also created everything we can't physically see. And that should comfort our hearts and give us strength in what we're doing and endeavoring to do because God's got it all taken care of. And there's not a created thing that can come against you that's bigger than Jesus. Amen? Amen? And then he goes on and he says, whether thrones, oh my goodness, dominions or rulers or authorities. Well, what's he talking about? Is he talking about Joe Biden? Is he talking about Congress? Is he talking about, he's not talking about any of those people. He's going back to Deuteronomy 32. The Song of Moses. How many remember the Song of Moses? It was a big hit back in his day. <laughs> Moses sings this song. And he says, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it. I'll give you the King Gregory version. He says this. He says, remember the days of yonder years. The days of your forefathers. Ask them and they will tell you the time in which God rejected or gave the nations their inheritance. I'm getting on it, Ken. I'm getting on it. You know, you talked about the everything's Bible to me. Yeah, it's Bible. Okay. He said, and he's talking about the Tower of Babel. He says, when the nations asked for their inheritance and God gave them their inheritance and he caused them to be overseen, I'm paraphrasing, by the sons of God, the Ben-Hai Elohim. So at the Tower of Babel, see, when we talk about the world system, it's built on three foundations. It's built on three foundations. Now, most people, when they read the book of Genesis, they skip the 4th through the 11th chapters because they don't deem it as real history. Most theologians and most Bible schools don't really see that as legitimate, literal world history. They see it more as some kind of allegory or some kind of mythology, but it is not. It is the absolute truth. And if you don't understand 4 through 11 you're not going to understand the book of Revelation. Because he declares the end from the beginning. So that means at the 12th chapter, we see the calling of the first man of God, which is Abraham. We begin to see also, if we go backwards, we see the calling of Abraham. We see the Tower of Babel, which is the one world system that they're trying to enact today. Then we see a worldwide judgment. And then we see a garden. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the book of Revelation is God's people are going to be taken up. There's going to be a one world government. There's going to be a tribulation period. And then we're going to go into a millennial reign in Christ Jesus. 
So if you don't get a hold of the 4th through 11th, because people say, well, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and let's skip over, let's don't talk about this weird stuff that's in these other chapters. If it's weird, it's important. But there's three major building blocks that build the world system. And the first one is the garden. The garden. And of course, this is found in Genesis 2 and 3. And this is where, of course, we find that our first parents began to, to operate and side with the devil. This was a little bit more than eating an apple, guys. This was treason in the highest order. This is a total abandonment from the tree of knowledge or the tree of life and getting over into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we begin to see that the garden is the first place. Now, if you ask um, most believers, you say, why is humanity so depraved? And most people say, what's the garden, brother? It's a garden. That's where it all started. But if you ask a first century Jew... Why is man so depraved? They'll say, well, yeah, the garden, it started the process, but you've got to talk about the mountain, which is the next building block. Now, what mountain am I talking about? Anybody tell me? Huh? All right. Mount Hermon. Okay, the mountain. Not Herman Munster, but Mount Hermon. Okay? Mount Hermon brought forth the flood. That's found in Genesis 6. Okay? The mountain. But then they'll say, well, it wasn't just that. It was also the tower. And so in order to understand the world system, you've got to be able to handle, uh, understand that these are the building blocks uh, of the world system. This is the foundation of it. Because in it, we have the depravity that came through the sin nature. Because uh, Adam and Eve became sons of the devil. Do you understand that? It wasn't just that they became sons of the devil because they disconnected from their relationship with God and sided with him. Now, for 1,656 years, they began to create what is known by occultists as the golden age. So it was Adam and Lucifer, Satan, working together along with other Elohim, creating a world system known as, by the occultists, as Atlantis. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay? These things that we read about in school, why would they have you study mythology in school? Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, if it's mythology, why are we, why we, why we even messing with it? Well, it's because it's steeped. In this, and they want you to understand that because they want to bring it back, and that's what they're trying to do. Okay, they're trying to bring it back. So we get over in here, and during the days of Jared, 
we see that there are um, 200 watcher angels. Now, where did they come from? Well, let's see. Let's, let's find out where they came from, all right? Okay, where are these thrones and dominions? See, he's, he, Earl talked about the government of God, the, the kingdom of God. It's an invisible kingdom to us, but it manifests through us. But you've got to understand that it's established upon authority structures that, that are, the kingdom operates in authority structure regardless of whether we want to adhere to it or comply with it or not. We can't bypass nor shortcut God. Amen? That's the reason why that, you know, nursery worker that you're under, you keep griping and complaining about them and what they do and what they do not do. But yet God's sitting there saying, that's the authority structure that I, I know that, I know that sounds very small, but it's the truth. That's the authority structure that I've put over you. You can beat yourself up against it. Come on now. Hello, we've got to understand these things, that God operates differently than this world does. And especially, God is not, listen, I love democracy, but God's not into democracy. He's a theocracy. That means he is the final authority on everything. And the church is a theocracy. Understand that. That we are, as the family of God, are all connected together and have the same rights and privileges as children of God. But when it comes to the army of God, there is rank and file. Amen? Are you with me? Okay. So let's go to Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis to maps tonight. Genesis chapter 2. Now notice this. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished... And the host. Everybody say hosts. Host. And the host of them. Well, there's people say, yeah, isn't that wonderful? Moon and the sun and the constellations and all that. It was all that. That's not what he's talking about at all. The word in the actual Hebrew means army. So that means that the visible creation was surrounded by an invisible army. Did you get a hold of that? An invisible army. And that's the thrones and the dominions and the authorities that he's talking about in Colossians chapter 1. Do you understand what I'm saying? God established an authority structure to oversee his creation. Angelic beings. And we've got to get rid of this winged And we've got to realize that they're, you know, it, angel is just a, it, it's not a, a title in the sense, it's a function. It just means messenger. Come on. Yeah. And there's all kinds of different forms of these angels, and they have different tasks and specifications. One of the main ones are called watchers. And we see them in the book of Daniel. We, we, we were introduced to them. It's the Hebrew word I-E-R, I-E-R, I-Y-R. Okay? And it refers to angelic beings created by God to watch over his creation and to report to him what is going on. But the... Uh, 
Lucifer's rebellion caused this host to be in turmoil or in war with one another. So they, some sided with him and others are still siding with God. Satan did not create his own structure. He just simply took a portion of God's structure. That's the reason why the kingdom of, of darkness runs just like the kingdom of God. It runs exactly right. He was a direct creation from God, and thereby he operates as his father operated. Now, you know, listen. Satan knows he can't go against Father God. He is contesting for the throne of his son. And he's trying to do it through legal means because Satan is a legalist. Amen? He is a legalist. And he believes he can win. He believes if humanity can be transformed into something apart from the image of its creator, into the image of the beast, then God will have to forfeit his rights to that creation, thereby he receives it. That's the end game, guys. He's not dumb. He's not stupid. He understands and knows this. And the reason why we're seeing... Our world tried to bring in this one world government so, you know, just, just rapidly. They're trying to cause it to happen within the next seven years. By 2030, they're wanting total transformation. It's because they want to incite God to act irrespective of his character. Yeah. Amen? The reason why babies are being slain... The reason why things, because God hates the shedding of innocent blood. So they're trying to incite him to act outside of his character. Because once he does, then the, he will forfeit the game. You understand what I'm saying? So he understands that. And that's why he is pursuing and trying to cause this thing to come about real quickly. He's tried to do it many times. Of course, Hitler tried to do it. Mussolini tried to do it. There's just over and over. The spirit of Antichrist has been in the world. There will eventually be a man that will embody that spirit, but right now it's in the world, and he uses who he can because guess what? Satan doesn't have any idea what God's doing. He don't know. He has to be ready. He has to have a man ready. So the person that may be, that we might point and say is the Antichrist, may not be. He just may be the person up for, if it happens, he's the guy, but he's got another guy grooming. Come on now. Satan plays chess, not checkers. And he plays all sides. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you with me? Okay, so these building blocks here. And then you get over to the tower, okay? Now, what happened at Mount Hermon was these 200 watcher angels decide that they're going to destroy the human genome, okay? So they do it by taking off their angelic celestial bodies and becoming humans. And they begin to have relationships with human women, Now, they not only had relationships with human women, they began to 
begin to mess with plants, animals, and everything. They were trying to mar the creation and the image of God because they wanted to incite him to give up on this creation and allow Satan to have ownership and rulership of the world. Okay? So what happens then is man gets so utterly corrupted. Now, people will say, well, the flood came because man was so wicked. Well, if that was just simply the case, we'd be in the water right now. That is not simply the case. Man was corrupted physically to where he was no longer in the image of God. You understand that? Only eight people were not tainted by what the watcher angels had done. And the whole reason why they did it is to keep Jesus from coming through the line. They didn't want that line to come through. And that's the reason why all of the kings of Israel had trouble. The reason why they had, many of them weren't even righteous, didn't even act righteous because there was such opposition and pressure to the seed coming through the line of David, the seed coming through the line of Abraham. Amen? And so what happened is, is they began to do it and it brought about a flood. And people say, well, God, he's just mean, you know. People were just doing their own thing, going to Las Vegas and doing, getting all their freaky on. And God decided to flood them. That's not the truth. If that was the truth, we'd be. Because we're worse. Come on now. We've got the divine light of God. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. These were lost people from this time forward for 1,656 years, close to 2,000 years, friend. 2,000 years. The United States of America is only 250 some odd years. 2,000 years these people had control. And it was a place in which gods or Elohim and men walked together. And they were ruled over by these hybrid beings that were superhuman in their ability to exercise authority over them. And it was hell upon earth. But yet every occultist, every Freemason, every Knights Templar, every Rosicrucian will tell you that was the golden age. And they're looking forward to it to coming back again. Amen. And I'll tell you, they're waiting because, you know, just as the flood came, you saw floods coming from the beneath and you saw waters coming from, uh, you know, from, from the sky. The, during the tribulation period, you'll have Nephilim and demonic entities coming from underneath and you will have fallen angels coming from the sky. It'll be just like the flood. Amen. Are you with me? Okay, so people say, well, the flood came, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that's part of the corruption. Because, see, the system that was created during this antediluvian or pre-flood world is still the system that Satan is trying to bring in today. He hasn't changed his tactic. It is a world irrespective of God's rule. Amen? And, of course, we understand and know that the Nephilim, those that were born from women and from fallen angels, 
They were mighty men in the earth. They were regarded as giants. But they weren't just giants. They were just hybrid beings. Their names were Apollo, Zeus. In fact, Jesus actually says Satan Zeus. He ties it together. People sit there, you know, I, I feel weird at times. I feel, like, I feel like that dog that gets nervous when company comes and pees on the floor. <laughs> because I, 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 I mean, my goodness gracious, I just, let me show you how Zeus and Apollo are tied in. You know, I'm trying to do all this stuff, you know, and I got my charts and my graphs. And I felt like a crazy man for years. I felt like a nut. I told the Lord, why are you showing me this stuff? He said, what, watch and see. He said, watch and see. That was back in 2016. He said, watch and see. I said, man, I'm, I feel like I'm losing my mind on this stuff. Everybody looking, you know, they, you know people look at you like, Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful, Pastor. Wonderful. <laughs> Hello. I'd go to other places and try to give them a little taste and say, I don't know if I can take that. But it's time for us to take it because we're facing a real dilemma here in our world, and we've got to know this stuff. Jesus knew this stuff. Paul knew this stuff. Jude knew this stuff. Peter knew this stuff. See, we've gotten so Eurocentric in our theology that we've forgotten that this is a Middle Eastern book. And there are things about it that we're not privy to because of where we're at. And the English translation is one of the hardest translations to be able to, you know, use the Bible with because the Greek is so concise. As Ken said, you know, Koine Greek, you know, was brought in by Alexander the Great so that he could communicate with his armies with great clarity. It doesn't mince words. I mean, you've got five types of love. You've got five, you know, we've got one love. I love candy bars, and I love my wife, you know, and they've got five, five types of love. They want you to know certain things. They want to be direct. Amen? And so what happens here is the flood comes, and it's a mercy. It's an ab- absolute mercy. And what happens is the disembodied... Nephilim become demon spirits in the earth because they're, now listen, don't take, you know, I'm not cussing here, but it's exactly what the theologians called them. They called them bastard spirits. That meant they had no father. So thereby, thereby they weren't subject to, you know, certain of the, the, the legalities of the kingdom as of yet, but they will be. They'll be thrown into the lake of fire. Amen. But they were, they exist in what is known as this tower world or this world after the flood, but they're invisible, okay? They're not seen. And they have the same lust and desires that they had here. 
because it was, it was just absolute total depravity in that time. They ruled over mankind. You know, there are historical documents in, uh, in Jewish theologians and rabbis that will tell you that there was cannibalism. There was all kinds of, of things that were just absolutely atrocious, and it was an actual mercy by God for mankind to be delivered from that because it was only a matter of time before they got to Noah. God delivered Noah. Amen? And then he, Noah comes in, and of course, in the, plain, in, the, in, in the mountains of Ariat, the ark rests, and they begin to build civilization again. But there was a fourth-generation grandson of Noah by the name of Nimrod that rejected the teachings of Shem. Shem was known as Melchizedek. Melchizedek is not a name. It's a title. And Melchizedek, the first Melchizedek was Adam. And it was passed down. And there are actually ten Melchizedeks in the line, in the first line. Jesus is the priest Melchizedek to us. And we are of the Melchizedekian. <laughs> I made that word up. Pre- <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Which basically means king of righteousness. Amen? So he, you know, Shem, he, he begins to reject Shem. And he goes and he takes the group of people down to the south, down to the plains of Shinar, and he wants to build a tower to heaven. Now, why would you build a tower in a valley in the plains of Shinar? Wouldn't you want to get on top of a mountain? Because in those cultures, they believed that the mountains is where the gods dwelt. It tells me this. They had understanding that that was a place in which was important in the antediluvian world. And they began to rebuild the ruins of these cities that were in that time. Archaeologists will tell you, not the Smithsonian, but true archaeologists will tell you that the deeper they dig in the plains of Shinar, the more sophisticated the architecture and the technology becomes. And isn't that what the book of Ecclesiastes tells us? He says, is there anything that we can say this is new? He said, this has already been in the ages past. So we know that there was a sophisticated technology in this. That there was technology that we haven't even gotten into. And that God covered it with a flood. But guess what? It was only on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. So the cuneiform tablets, the secret information, was found and looked and sought after by Nimrod, Ham, all of these others. And they began to reconstruct the occultism of the antediluvian world. And they began to build cities. Nimrod was a major builder of cities. Now he followed in Cain's footsteps. Cain was not a dummy. He was not a caveman. He was able to build sophisticated structures because he knew the information that the watchers had given him in the construction of society. We need to understand that civilization is not something that we created. Civilization was given to us. We inherited civilization because civilization came from Man does not create anything. 
Man does not invent anything. Man discovers things. And sometimes it's a direct discovery, and sometimes there's a little help. There's a whole lot of help going on right now. Are you with me? Is this getting too? Okay, all right. I'd... So then we go to the tower in Genesis 10 and 11. Nimrod decides, I want this back. I want this back. So he builds a tower. Now, it's not a tower where you can walk up to God. Hello, God, how are you doing? It's a tower to bring in the gods. Because the word Babel, when it comes from the side of the Jewish people, means confusion. But to the Sumerians that were building it, it means gateway to the gods. So what happened when the flood happened, there was a separation. There was a separation of these entities from the human civilization. They had to find a way back in. How do they find their way back in? They find their way back in by developing a temple that would worship them with blood sacrifices. And in fact, if you study, that was a bloody world back then. Because even, they they tell us when it comes to the Jericho, they would take babies that had been sacrificed, they would take their flesh and their blood and they would cram them into the walls and the cracks in the walls. And that was the mortar. And they believed that that energized them and gave them protection from the gods. And this is the same thing that was going on at the tower. The tower wasn't just a big, nice building that everybody was just proud of and let's make us. No, this was basically, it was a stargate. It was a, it was a portal. It was a way in which the antediluvian gods who had been separated by the flood of Noah were trying to find access in. And any time these suckers start showing up, God operates directly against them. Every time. Because man can't handle it. He stepped in when Lucifer deceived Adam and Eve, or deceived Eve and caused Adam to transgress. He stepped in in Genesis 6 with the flood, and he stepped in here. And he also stepped in at Sodom and Gomorrah. Anytime these watchers get involved with humankind, God directly begins to deal with them. And he's going to do it also in the tribulation period. He'll deal with them directly. Amen? So that's the thrones and the dominions and the authorities. Some are in union with the kingdom of God and others are not. And that's the reason why the second heaven is a place of battle. It's a place in which we see it in total Battle between the forces of God and the forces of evil. Okay? And we have to understand that there are three heavens. There's not seven heavens. That's just the name of a strip club. There is three heavens. Okay? All right? So we have the first heaven, which is the heaven that you and I see, where it says that he is the prince of the power of the air. He's talking about... 
the atmosphere that is around planet Earth. In fact, the Greeks interpreted that it was from the ground to the top of Mount Olympus, which was a sign and a homage to the gods. Okay? Then we have what is known as the second heaven. This is not God's heaven. The second heaven is a psychic realm in the sense that all interaction with planet Earth from the second heaven is psychic. Those thoughts you get, they come to you psychically. Amen? Do you understand? See, each of the heavens correspond with man's spirit, man's soul, and man's body. The third heaven, which is God's heaven, is where the spirit realm comes from and where we're able to interact with our spirit. God directly brings heaven into each and every individual that receives Christ, and we're connected citizens of heaven right now. We are in the atmosphere of heaven. We are not into visitation. We're into habitation. God inhabits us. Amen? You see, Daniel, he had to pray and fast so that the angelic host would be able to bring a message to him. Well, not in the New Testament anymore. The New Testament says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What happened is that God put his transformer, his, his, his receiver on the inside of each and every human being so that we can receive directly from heaven. In fact, it's not even a line. It's the entire atmosphere of heaven itself living and abiding in the believer's life. We are the holy of holies. Amen. Lord, help me. Amen. So the first heavens has to do with man's body because that's an environment in which he operates in. The second heavens has to do with the psychic and the soul. And then the third heaven has to do with the spirit realm. Now, that doesn't mean there's not spirit realm in the, third, in the second heaven. There is, absolutely. There's angels and spirits and other immortals that operate within those ranks. But here we're talking about UFOs today. And everybody's saying, you know, I remember as a kid, 10 years old, going and seeing Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I, I stood, ate popcorn, watched that thing, loved it, you know. It was one of my favorite movies. And, you know, the tagline is, we are not alone. Well, if they'd read their Bible, they'd find that we were never alone. Are you with me? We were never alone. Okay? So let's go a little bit because I'm running out of time here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we okay? All right. Let's, let's go over to Ephesians. Hallelujah. Is this okay? Okay. All right. I'm, if you have any letters of... Negativity, Bob at lake-church.com. So, the Apostle Paul alludes to these three building blocks in the second chapter and in the first few verses. He says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Notice that. 
he first talks about our spiritual condition that happened in the garden. You are dead. Dead is a condition. It's a qualitative term. It means that we operated in an existence that was irrespective of our Creator, that we were not attached to the source anymore. So he begins to talk about the garden. But don't you notice that majority of the church talks about the garden and they don't talk about these? And if we don't fully understand the totality that Jesus Christ came to do a work to reconcile all things. Did you get that? He didn't just come to reconcile the garden. He came to reconcile Mount Hermon. He came to reconcile the tower. He came to destroy this for this cause. The Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is the works of the devil. This is the establishment of his kingdom in the earth, and it's still operating in the world today. But Jesus, when he split hell wide open coming out, praise God, he destroyed it. But yet we don't preach that. We just preach about the forgiveness of sins. So we have people that just are forgiven people, but they're not empowered to live. They don't understand that they have authority. They're not reigning as kings in life. They're more miserable than some sinners, but yet they're forgiven. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, that is not true. That's this mindset here. He doesn't, he doesn't just say, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, period. He says, in which you once walked, and that word is, is in the locative tense. It means that they were absolutely locked in and lockstep with the course. Amen? It means that, you know, in, in, when it talks about here, it says once walked, the word following, I'm, I'm reading out of the ESV, the word following is mentioned twice. And it's the word kata in the Greek. And one of its main uses is Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Kata. Kata dustastamanos. It's about that long. And it means a tyrannical force coming down, seizing, controlling, and oppressing. So Jesus came to eliminate that from our lives. The word following, it wasn't necessarily that we, um, it, was, it was a forceful follow. Right. It was a tyrannical follow. You see what I'm saying? So the enemy has to do something other than this. He has to create a system because the next says right here, it says in which you once walked following the course of this world. Right. So he's talking about this here. Because this is the course of the world. They want the golden age. They want where gods and men walk together. They are desiring that. Now, you being in the church probably have no idea what an occultist wants or what a new ager wants 
or what, you know, a Rosicrucian wants, or a Freemason wants, or any of these other secret societies desire. They desire this. They want this back. There are generals in the Pentagon that are waiting for the arrival of the gods. Now, you might think this is all fairy tales and Star Wars and Star Trek and all that stuff and, you know, whatever. But I'm telling you, listen, if, you, if this is not the most exciting book you ever read, you're reading it wrong. This is better than Tolkien. Come on. And it's weirder. Hello. But people won't read their Bible. They won't get into the deep levels of these things. That's, that's why you're here tonight. See, I'm not here to answer all your questions. I'm here to leave you with a bunch of them. Because guess what the root word of question is? It's quest. Amen. So they, they want to do this. this, this. Now, notice uh, what this phrase is, because this is really where I want to get to tonight in the next five minutes. Okay. <laughs> Course of this world is Aeanos to Kazmu. Okay. It's all Greek to me, guys. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I'm just telling you. Aeanos to Cosmo, okay? This tells you exactly all you need to know about the world system. If you'll know this phrase, if you understand these words and how they're used in the New Testament, it will open your eyes to the secrets. Gotcha. You understand what I'm saying? So Aeanos has to do, it's where we get the word eon, and it means times, decades, seasons. But it doesn't just mean that. It means the quality of those times. It means that there's something in those times that is creating a condition or a certain quality or caliber. Okay? So we could actually say this, and Rick Renner actually, when... Uh, uh, he was teaching on this word aeonos. He said it's basically you were locked in to the set philosophies and ideas of your present culture. Okay? So that means this, that the aeonos is the software. It's the software of the system. Why? Because it upgrades. It updates. Every generation has a distinct Aeonos capability or capacity. You understand what I'm saying? Because every generation has a different subset of words, thoughts, ideas, and philosophies that define that generation. And that's the reason why other generations will accept certain things that previous generations would not accept. So the enemy begins to upgrade this, I, I call it the aeonosphere, upgrades this aeonosphere with new thoughts and ideas. Now, what is the aeonosphere made of? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's turn over there. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3. 
Uh, verse number two, I'm sorry. No, three. Okay, all right. It says, by faith we understand that the universe, or as the King James says, worlds, were created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now, notice he is not talking about Genesis 1-1 because the word universe there is aeonos. So that tells me this, that the aeonosphere in our culture, in our world, and in our personal lives is built by words. You are living out words that you have spoken and have been spoken over you. And the condition of your life is based upon the words you're receiving and the words that you are speaking. It is the aonosphere. And that's the reason why you see people taking in certain ideas is because they're hanging around groups of people that are speaking the words of the aonosphere to where they begin to compromise their belief system because they begin to operate in the course of this world. Amen? See, words, the power of a word is its definition. See, how you define a word determines the level of power that that word is going to bring into your life. We can take the word love, and to some it is extremely powerful. But to others who are jaded and been hurt by love, it doesn't have any effect on them. You can take different ideas and thoughts and, 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 and philosophies of culture and their words. You know, you had the hippie generation of the 60s and the 70s, and, and they were different. You've got the millennials today. You've got the, the busters and the boomers and all of these, and they're all defined by different words. So if God created the worlds, the ionosphere, with a word from him, actually it says a literal word from God. And that's what Hebrews 11 is all about. It's about God coming in the midst of this aonosphere, in the midst of this world system, and speaking a word that breaks the system down. Because it's a battle of words. See, there's limitations that are on your life based upon the words that you believe about you. The reason why you're struggling in your health is the ionosphere. The reason why you're struggling in your wealth is the ionosphere. The reason why you're struggling in your walk with God is the ionosphere. Change the words. And the system loses its power. Because guess what? The system, which is cosmo, which means system, order, and arrangements, what it means, the power's in this. Because if this is not here, this can't enforce it. Do you understand that? The system can't be enforced if there is not a proper aonos. Are you, are you with me? You're looking at me like a cow at a new gate. I'm telling you, these are the secrets that Jesus wants you to know. He wants you to realize that your 
The quality of your life is based upon the words that are around you, the words that you're receiving. Now, I wrote some things down that the Lord told me, and I'm going to come over here and remind myself of them because I'm older. Oh, praise the Lord. Are we okay? Okay. All right. We got four more hours. We got, yeah, well, well, okay. <laughs> the ionosphere is eons, decades, spans of time, but not just linear, but quality and condition of time. Not just time passing, but how time passes. Do you remember in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 3, it says, uh, Kevin read from it on Wednesday. Did you get to that one? Okay, all right. You're not like me and just do one verse. <laughs> I spent three weeks on one verse. <laughs> so, so it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to deliver us, the word deliver means uh, a full and complete rescue, a total seizure and full removal. Thank God he has fully removed us, but yet we swim in it. We visit the pool and swim around in it, you know, hit the little ball and play, you know. Come on now. But he's fully removed us from it. Now notice this. He has delivered us from the present evil age. The word age, eon, eonos. Now, here's what it means. Listen to this. A time span, a cycle of time. See, time isn't just linear. Time is cyclical. Things repeat. Amen? And it says this, characterized by a specific quality our type of existence. So it's characterized, these words, these word systems that the enemy brings forth and the words that the Lord releases into our lives to break that system, create a certain condition, our quality of existence. You can either be overcome or you can be an overcomer. See, the Word of God is the life hack that destroys the system. They tell you you can't go into business, but you get a word from God. It doesn't matter. They say you need a brand new heart. You're going to need a heart pump in, in two years. But no, that's not what I received. I said, no, my God shall supply my need. According to his writ, that's yeah. not just about money. Come on. That's the resources of heaven. Yeah, that's right. I will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I stepped out of the ionosphere and I stepped into a new existence. You understand what I'm saying? Are you digging me? As Jaden said, I got the drip. <laughs> Amen?
When the Bible says the whole world, the whole cosmos is under the sway of the wicked one, why don't we believe that? That means that everything is subjected to the lies and deception of words. You're contending with words, my brother and sister. You're contending with it. He uses words. He attacks you with words. Now, notice Romans 12, 1 and 2. I don't have time. I'm going to bypass this because I want to get you out of here, all right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to? Aeon. Don't be conformed to the world's words. Amen? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? Satan is called the God of what? Aeonos. Shows you that he's the architect. Amen? Notice that he says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says that he blinds the eyes. Is that what he says? No, he blinds the mind. It ain't just blinding eyes. It's blinding the mind. Blind the mind's worse. How does he blind the mind? Well, you go back and find this word again in the fourth chapter of Mark where it talks about the cares of this Aeonos. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just giving you a rundown. I could go over and over and we could talk all night about this, but I know you want to go. Understand that. The set times and ideas of your culture, that's what's speaking to you. That's what's trying to enslave you. So here we have the conviction the prison, and here we're dealing with the warden and the guards because this established the gods of the nations that rule and reign over people with injustice. But guess what? I got good news for you. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He says, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the cosmos. He didn't overcome cows and dirt and trees and fruit and pigs. He overcame a system is what he did. Man was in a system locked in the law of sin and death. Satan legally owned humanity and death reigned. When the law came in, God began to establish a new Aeonos. The law brought in his word. And as his word began to permeate the earth, he couldn't because they weren't, they weren't born again. They didn't have the nature of God on the inside of them. So they had to be uh, dealt with externally. And their external obedience to what God said set them apart from the rest of the ionosphere. But the gods of the nations continued to build their spheres. They began to build their, you see, cosmogenies. They began to build their 
theogenies. And you begin to see God's manipulating and ruling nations of people and even fighting over nations of people because the, the, uh, the prince of Persia fighting against the prince of Grecia. You see that in the New Testament. You see it over and over again that it is the heavens in which these battles for nations are fought. But oh, I'm here to tell you that when Jesus Christ, as a man, as a man, took our sin, took our guilt, took our shame, took our sickness, took it all. He was buried in the depths of the earth. And he preached to those that were in Tartarus in prison. He declared to them, you thought you had this. You thought you won. You thought your system would never go. But I'm breaking the system. Hallelujah. And God declared him righteous in the midst of hell. And he was raised from the dead. He broke it. He broke it. He broke it. He didn't take just take care of your conviction. He burnt the prison down. And guess what? He killed the warden. And all of the guards. You are totally free. You're not trying to get free. You're not in the process of freedom. You are free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. What are you free from? You're free from this. This was what held humanity captive. Glory to God. Oh, I got to say one more thing before I close. Oh, I tell you what, it, it, you know, Ken talked about, was it Ken that talked about the giants last night, about, you know, numbers 13 and 14. It wasn't the giants that kept them from taking the promised land. It's what the spies said about them. So what is the media telling us today? The media is one of the main inputs of the ionosphere. Shut it off. Because without this... This doesn't have any power. When you listen, the thing about it is, is that this still it may be destroyed, but we can still operate in it. If I start listening to the voice of this world again, then I'm going to submit myself to a system, and that system's going to continue to overlord me, control me, manipulate me, set the parameters of my life. Listen, when I sat before those doctors, Ken, they were speaking some words. 
Now, I could have said, you know what? God doesn't heal anymore because I'm just not, you know, I'm not healed and whatever. Well, if I had done that, I submitted to a system of death. Do you see this? This is easy, isn't it? And once you see it, you can't unsee it. But you know, Caleb told the people, he said, listen, we're well able to go and get these, take this land. He said, notice he says the actual uh, word he uses in the King James, he says, their defenses have departed from them. The actual, when you look it up in the Hebrew, it's the shades. What were the shades? It was the gods of the world. The reason why the children of Israel were able to leave Egypt is because God judged the gods of Egypt. The reason why, come on now, Woody, the reason why the children of Israel were able to go into the promised land is because of those gods were judged. They, the word shade means covering. See, we live under a different shade. Amen? But their shade was gone. That means their protective covering was gone. Oh, their temples were there. They were still doing their sacrifices. They were still wearing their regalia. They looked like everything was in motion, that the system was working. But God says, no, it's gone. He says it to us today. That although they might dress up, although they might say things, although they might operate in occult power, he said their shades are gone. Their ability is gone. Amen. And it's all see, we've got to preach a total work. A completed work. Not a work that's progressive. See, Jesus said this. The reason why we're having turmoil in the world is not that darkness is getting bigger and badder. It's because light has come into the world. And darkness is scrambling. Hallelujah. 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 And it's when we operate. It says, who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Christ. And this is the victory that overcomes the aeonosphere, that overcomes the system, even our faith. Amen. Oh, I've got about a million things to say, but I'm going to stop. My wife is giving me the side eye. Amen. I'm here to tell you, my friends, you're free. You're not trying to get free. You're not going to be free one day. You're free right now. Jesus has set you free. Jesus has made you free. It's when we preach the pristine gospel message, when we preach the fulfilled and complete gospel message, that people will receive freedom in their lives. But if we hold back, and we just talk about the forgiveness of sin, then we've just got old sinners saved by grace, and they're prone to get back into sin. But when you realize that, praise God, not just the sentence has been taken care of, but the very jail cell that you were in was utterly destroyed. It's not, it's not just the door is open. It's the thing is rubble on the ground. There is no more. 
There is no more. There is no more. There is no more. There is no more. Don't sit on the rubble. Amen. Walk in the freedom that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we stand and give God praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Abahada, 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 Shikamo. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! collection of words, my brother. It's a collection of words. The limitations are just a collection of words. That's all they are. But you've got a bigger word on the inside of you. You've got a bigger word. I'm just here to tell you that you're released. Every word that's ever been spoken over you, every word that tries to dominate you, you're free. One of my favorite scriptures. Kevin preached it Wednesday night. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul's first preaching that he ever preached. And he says, but know this. And I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember it right now. I've got too much stuff going on in my mind. Let it be known. That's what he said. Let it be known that he that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ is free from everything. Amen. You're free from cancer. You're free from heart failure. You're free from high blood pressure. You're free from psychological bondage. You're free. I said you're free. I said you're free. I said you're free. You're free. I said, you're free. I said, you're free. Oh, freedom. Freedom. I'm not trying to get free. I am free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's words of parents that have held you captive. There's words of significant others in your life that have held you captive. They're part of that ionosphere. They're part of the system. 
They're meant to enslave you. They're meant to limit your life because they set parameters. But I'm here to tell you, you're free from every word that's ever been spoken against you. Every generational curse Jesus took care of. Amen. Oh, you may try to put yourself back in the cell, but there ain't no cell there. Hallelujah. Lord, what do we do with this? What do we do? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank him. We're free people. Amen. We're free. We're free. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. is victorious. Christ is victorious. Christ is victorious. Christ is victorious. Christ is victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 All he's got is deception. All he can do is fool you with his words. That's all he can do. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's, Let's close out with this. Let's make hell tremble. We've received revelation tonight. We've received revelation Sunday. We received revelation last night. All of these go together. All of them go together by the Spirit of the Lord. I didn't talk to Pastor Earl about what to speak about. I didn't talk to Pastor Kent. And I certainly did talk to Marvin about tomorrow. But the Lord has got a theme here for us. Let's let the kingdom of darkness know that we got the message. So on the count of three, listen, on the count of three, I want you to shout as loud as you possibly can. I want the cops to be called. Amen? And when you're shouting, I want you to see yourself seeing those chains fall to your the ground. I want you to see yourself taking off that orange jumpsuit. I want to see you see yourself putting on a brand new suit of clothes. I want you to see the down payment for all of your transgressions and sins already bought and paid for in full. I want you to see yourself totally righteous in the sight of God and victorious over the devil. Amen. So on the count of three, let's, let's just shake it. Amen. Let's let 
the ceiling crumble. But let's let the kingdom of darkness know we got the message. Did you get the message tonight? Are you free? Hallelujah. All right. One, two, three. Go! Before you leave tonight, turn to somebody and tell them I'm free. Amen. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.